Welcome to the Dare to Multiply podcast. On this podcast, we help passionate Jesus followers become courageous, obedient disciples who impact their communities for the kingdom of God. I'm your host, Cynthia Anderson, a disciple multiplication coach and trainer. I'm going to show you how to make and multiply disciples in your area. God's got great things ahead for you. Let's dare to multiply. All right. Good to see you guys again, or those of you who are listening, great to be with you again. And today we are talking about how do you make comfortable Christians uncomfortable in a good way, right? Have you ever had a disciple making group or discipleship group where everyone in the group just seems so comfortable in their normal Christianity, in the the way that they've been doing church for many years and they're just comfortable. They like it. They don't want to change. They don't want to get activated. They don't want to do anything different. And they're just so comfortable as Christians the way they are. We're going to be talking about that today. How do you address that? How do we um, how do we engage with people in making them uncomfortable? but in a good way, in a loving way, um, in your disciple-making group. So I'll be right back with that in just a moment. Are you busy but not seeing the fruit you long for? Dissatisfied with your present level of impact on those around you? Or frustrated with traditional methods of discipleship that don't seem to be effective? If so, the Getting Started in Disciple-Making Movements course may be just what you need. Inside the Getting Started program, you'll get access to a step-by-step proven approach to making and multiplying disciples. Not only will you receive 25 short and practical video teachings spread out over six modules, but you'll have a chance to connect with others for group coaching via our monthly Zoom calls. And even more importantly, you'll become part of a global community of like-minded people from all over the world who are passionately committed to following Jesus and impacting others around them. If you want to get unstuck and begin moving forward as a disciple who makes disciples, I encourage you to go to courses.dmmsfrontiermissions.com and sign up for this powerful program today. And now to today's episode. Okay, so imagine with me you have started your first disciple-making group. You cast vision, you invited people to come. You said, we're going to start a discovery Bible study in my house. We're going to learn from scripture and we're going to reach our community. You cast vision, people decided to come. Um, you offered some great snacks, <laughs> you know, they're coming and they, they really love the fellowship. They have been hungry for that and they enjoy coming. They are happy coming every week or every two weeks, however often you do it. Um, and they, they love you. They like what you, you know, what you stand for. But you're noticing after doing this for a while that people are not actually start. They're not obeying the word that you're studying. And when you ask those questions of who did you share with, you know, they they hem and haw and nobody answers and, and you've almost become kind of shy to ask that question anymore. And so you, you're considering, should I even ask that question? Should we even have that be part of our Discovery Bible study? Because the people in this group just seem to like to come together as Christians, 
but they're not outward focused and um, they, they aren't really changing that much or putting things into practice in their life and you are feeling frustrated. If you are listening and or watching and that is you, you are not alone. This is a common problem, but one that we need to address. And that's why I wanted to talk today about this question. How do you make comfortable Christians uncomfortable in a good way? Right? And, you know, we have to, in everything we do as disciple makers and disciple making movement practitioners, for those of you who are pursuing the starting of a DMM, um, we always, in everything we do, we need to look to Jesus as our model. We look to the New Testament and we look to Jesus. We often will look at Paul as well and Peter and the apostles in the early church. How did they do things and how can we learn from them? And so um, when I was thinking about this question, it's a real question that came in from one of our trainees in the Getting Started in Disciple Making Movements course. Um, he asked, how do you, he didn't ask, how do you make comfortable Christians uncomfortable? He said, what do you do with comfortable Christians who don't want to change and who are just content with their religious behavior? Um, and they're, they're not putting things in action. What do I do with those people and how do I address that? So I changed the word wording a little bit in the question, but um, that's a real question because it comes from a real person. And, you know, always we look to Jesus. So I was thinking about this and I was thinking, what about Jesus? Did he have people who weren't willing to change or did he have people that he made uncomfortable? And how did he go about making people uncomfortable in a good way? And I think, you know, first off, we have to establish the fact that being comfortable is, a, you know, it is an American addiction. I, I have to say that as an American, we are addicted to comfort. We love to be comfortable. We want greater comfort in our life. Um, comfort, you know, having the most comfortable bed and the most comfortable pillow and the most comfortable everything. Comfort is, you know, it can even be an idol in our lives. It's such a part of what we desire as a culture. And not everyone who's listening to this is an American, um, you know, but especially I think for all of us as humans, we, we like and desire comfort. It's part of our human nature. We don't like to be uncomfortable. And yet Jesus was not concerned about making people comfortable. He was concerned about helping them to become people who knew God and followed his way and who um, brought his kingdom, you know, partnered with God to bring the kingdom of God and see the kingdom come and see God's will be done. And he said, take up your cross and follow me. He was not um, afraid to make people uncomfortable, neither with his behavior, with his lifestyle, nor with his language. And so I think right off the bat, we just have to remember and remind ourselves that our job is not to make people comfortable. Our job is to help people become imitators of Jesus, become more like him. And, um, you know, Jesus, Jesus' lifestyle was very uncomfortable for a lot of people. Uh, let's just look at a couple of ways. You know, one way that Jesus made people very uncomfortable was that he was he was a lover of sinners. He loved sinners. He had relationship with them. He hung out with them. 
Uh, we know, of course, the story of Zacchaeus, where he says, Zacchaeus, come down today. I'm going to eat at your house. This man was a, a hated tax collector and oppressor of people, you know, the, of the Jewish people. He, But he said, come, I'm going to eat with you. He ate with sinners. He hung out with them. And that made a lot of Pharisees very uncomfortable. But he was willing to make people uncomfortable. And he wasn't bothered by that right? Because he knew what his calling was. He knew what his mission was and his very lifestyle of engaging with lost people um, in a redemptive way, in a loving way, in a relational way. He was willing to relate to them and be with them uh, made a lot of people not feel comfortable because they, they had never been exposed to that. They'd never seen that modeled by a rabbi before. Um, I think of the example of when Jesus was uh, at the house of one of the Pharisees and, and um, this ex-prostitute comes in and starts, you know, washing his feet and wiping his feet with her hair. And I mean, how uncomfortable the Pharisee was, you know, who owned the house. He was like, what are you doing? This woman is a sinner. Don't you know that she's, you know, she's a prostitute. Maybe Jesus doesn't know, <laughs> you know, maybe he's not aware of what kind of woman this is, who's here in this house doing this to him. A very intimate exchange was taking place. Jesus is doing something very, very uncomfortable for the people around him. I didn't bother him a bit. You know, so I have to ask myself and I would ask you who are listening or watching, does your lifestyle make religious Christians or religious people around you uncomfortable? Because they see in you something that's radically different from what they are experiencing in themselves. And it has to be more than your teaching, my friends. You know, <laughs> I, I wish it, we could get away with making disciples just on a Wednesday night Bible study. But we can't. That's not where we make disciples. We make disciples by taking people with us, by living differently and letting them see that difference in our lives, by seeing that when we're at the grocery store, we share the gospel with the uh, the person in the line behind us when they happen to go to the store with us, by seeing that we, we pray um, and walk and pray in our neighborhood by seeing that our lives are different. The stories we're telling, the testimonies we're giving are different from traditional Christianity. That's just church member Christianity, if you want to call it that, where, um, you know, being a good Christian is defined as going to church every Sunday, um, having a quiet time for 10 minutes in the morning and, you know, giving your tithe every week. That is not what it the definition of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. No. What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus? It means to be someone who imitates him and becomes like him, right? And as you start to live a life that is more like Jesus, maybe you're praying for the sick and they're being healed. Maybe you're casting out demons. Maybe you are proclaiming the kingdom of God everywhere you go. As you are living a different lifestyle, it will make some people uncomfortable. People that used to feel comfortable being your friend may start to feel uncomfortable when you share the gospel with somebody in a store and they feel embarrassed and shy, right? But that's okay. That's okay. We have to be willing to make people uncomfortable to provoke them to obedience to Christ, to provoke them to imitate Christ as well. And we provoke 
as Jesus did in many ways by living that lifestyle of a disciple, that lifestyle of, of proclaiming his good news to others around us. Jesus was very unconventional and he was willing <laughs> to confront boldly, um, you know, he brought grace with truth, right? He was willing to confront um, hypocrisy when he saw it. He was willing to speak the truth, even when people um, weren't going to like him for that. I'm challenged by that. I like to be liked. And speaking the truth in love will mean some people will reject you. Some people who you... Um, you liked having them come to your discipleship group. <laughs> when you began to provoke people to love and good deeds, both by your example and by your teaching or training and your expectation of what that group should be, some people may leave. And I just want to say that if people leave your group, that's okay. I, I have had people leave my group. <laughs> I will have people leave my group, my house churches, my groups, in the past and they will leave in the future. Why? Because we we are called to provoke people to be imitators of Jesus, to live like he lived, to do the things he did. And we're going to live it ourselves and we're going to challenge others to do that as well. And so again, our goal, Jesus's goal was not to make people comfortable. That is also not our goal as a disciple who makes disciples um, so how do you provoke people to loving good deeds? How do you make people uncomfortable, but in the best way? Well, one of the things that we always train people on and are getting started in Disciple Making Movement course or anytime we're doing on-site training is we, we like to use in the Discovery Bible Study a three-thirds approach. So we, we look back and then we look up and then we look forward. And often what I see people doing is, and I mentioned this and as, as I was sort of giving the, the example of imagine with me at the beginning, um, when we look back, we hold people accountable in a friendly, um, in a friendly way, right? Uh, that they need to have obeyed what they learned. So we ask the question, how did we do? And you want to ask the question, we, not how did you do, but how did we do? at obeying what we learned last week, at putting it into practice and have people report, right? How did we do? And and be vulnerable and willing yourself to report on that as well. You know, um, there have been times, and I'll say, you know, I'll be the first to admit, there have been times where I have set an action step at the end of a discovery Bible study, and then my week got away from me, and I did not go take that food over to the widow in our community. I did not go do that thing that I said I was going to do. I didn't go do that prayer walk, whatever it was. That was my action step. And, you know, when that happens as a leader, you want to also be accountable to the group. Don't just expect accountability and not give it. But you also want to be accountable to the group and say, you know, guys, I blew it this week. I had a really hard time. My week got away from me. I don't know how this happened, but I did not get that done. I completely forgot. Um, would you guys pray with me that this week I'll do better? Because we want to be obedient disciples. Are you guys with me? You know, so be vulnerable, be honest, be accountable yourself and model that. And that DNA will begin to catch in them as well. And the same thing with sharing. Don't skip those questions in the looking back section 
of, you know, how did we do it obeying obedience? How did we do it practicing what we had learned, uh, what we had committed to? And how did we do it sharing with others, you know, this past week? Um, now, there are times again where a week goes by and somehow I didn't even talk to anybody about the gospel. I didn't share the story. I didn't pass it on. Admit that. But pray together. We want to be the kind of people who share. So you're encouraging through example. You're not stopping asking those questions. And then the other thing I want to say is that a lot of times people don't share the gospel or they don't share with others because they are not confident that they can. And the way that you create confidence is by being willing to model, assist, watch, and leave, or what we call mall, right? Uh, you have to take them out with you, show them how to share their one-minute testimony at the restaurant where you are, show them how to do those things, let them see you do it, let them see you even struggle to do it, um, and you know, talk about it together. So you're in this together. You're learning how to be people who are active disciple makers. You, um, you know. You can't expect people to just and, you know, as pastors and I I'm a pastor. Right. But how do you you know, as pastors, we often will tell people to do something without showing them how to do it. Right. And without giving them a chance to practice doing it in a safe place. So we say we want everybody here to make disciples. We want you to share your testimony with somebody. We may even model it from the pulpit or something. And then, but we don't give them a chance to practice doing it. And um, they're not confident enough to do it, right? So they know they should, but then we just get into the should cycle and they feel more and more condemned as a follower of Jesus. And um, we don't want to make people condemned, feel condemned. We make them uncomfortable in good ways, but making people feel condemned is not the same thing as making people feel provoked to love and good deeds, right? You've got to equip them. Our job is, you know, as disciple makers is to equip the new disciples to make the disciples by modeling and then let them help you. Let's do it together and then let them, you know, do it and you watch and then they're ready to go and you can release them and encourage them. Go do it yourself now. So you've got to have that cycle, that place where they can see you modeling it in real life, but also often in a safe place. So right there in the group, we'll often pause the Discovery Bible study for a week and say, okay, this week we're going to learn how to share our one minute witness. So we're going to learn how to share the three minute testimony before I met Jesus, how I met Jesus. And after I met Jesus, what was different in my life? We're going to practice this together and take a whole session on that. Pause your book study or whatever it is and learn together how to do it. Say, we're going to learn how to do this, practice it. And then, okay, let's all go out on Saturday to the park and let's try to do this together or whatever it is. But make space for people to be growing and learning in these skills rather than just uh, coming under that condemnation. But again, it's not about making them comfortable. It's about helping and equipping them. And, you know, um, my kids gave me uh, and my husband a pickle pickleball rackets for Christmas. And uh, we've just been learning how to play pickleball. And um, I don't know if any of those of you who are watching or listening know what pickleball is, or maybe some from Africa have never heard of it. It's a little bit like table tennis that you play on a tennis court. <laughs> it's the best way I can describe it. 
but um, we've been learning how to play pickleball and it's not been comfortable because I'm not very good at it right at first. And, you know, I would swing and miss the ball. And, you know, what I'm trying to say is when you're learning a new skill, there's a, there's a period of practicing until it becomes more natural and that's normal. So allow space for that, room for that as you help people in a good way to move from comfortable Christians to through the uncomfortable learning, growing disciple to someone who is more confident and comfortable making disciples. But I want to close with this by just saying, you know, God will continue to make all of us uncomfortable in certain areas as the Holy Spirit continues to transform us and work in our lives and grow us and stretch us. And let's be people who embrace discomfort, right? It doesn't mean everything's bad for us to feel uncomfortable. It means we're growing. It means God's at work in us. And uh, let's let's not uh, hold up a standard of comfortable Christianity is what I want. No, we are willing to be uncomfortable, not just now, but tomorrow and the next day so that we can see our lives transform to become more like Jesus, more like his. Amen. All right. We'll be right back with a recap in just a moment. Imagine a world where passionate followers of Jesus come together to multiply, transforming lives beyond imagination. Instead of toiling with little fruit, what if God's abundance flowed beyond your wildest dreams? Picture those you've invested in sharing Jesus freely, creating a ripple effect of disciple-making. In her new book, The Multiplier's Mindset, Cynthia Anderson reveals how shifting mindsets can revolutionize disciple-making. When Cynthia and her colleagues experienced these mindset shifts, they saw enormous results including the launching of 19 multiplying movements in Africa and Asia, transforming tens of thousands of lives. This book will help you discover hidden harvesters, see church members move from passivity to passion, and release the power of simplicity in multiplying disciples. Don't remain stuck. Learn to move toward greater fruitfulness. Visit MultipliersMindset.com and get your copy of The Multipliers Mindset today. Okay, so a quick recap and an action step for you, as I always do at the end of these Q&As. As we've been talking today about how do you make comfortable Christians uncomfortable in a good way? First of all, we have to embrace the truth that Jesus was not about making people comfortable. Uh, he wanted them to pursue the kingdom, to seek first his kingdom. And as we go about doing that, we are going to provoke people to love and good deeds. We're, we're going to make people uncomfortable. We ourselves will be uncomfortable at times as we grow in this life of becoming more like Jesus. Uh, Jesus was, made people uncomfortable um, because he was a friend of sinners. Jesus made people uncomfortable when he confronted uh, with truth love and truth, but it was truth to hypocrisy. And um, there's going to be times when we're uncomfortable. So we want to be willing to embrace that. Um, remember the, the look back section. Don't leave that out of your discipleship process. Be sure that you ask those questions. Uh, what did you do to obey? How did we do at obeying and be vulnerable and authentic yourself? So here's your action step as we go forward. Um, this week, I would like to ask you to evaluate yourself. Where are you too comfortable? Where are you too comfortable? As we think about other people who seem to be too comfortable, 
let's ask ourselves the question first, where am I too comfortable? And where do I need to be provoked to love and good deeds by scripture, by getting myself around somebody who's living a more passionate life for Jesus than I am, by somebody who's out there doing what I actually want to be doing? How can I stir up an atmosphere or an environment in my life where those areas where I'm too comfortable get provoked? The second action step is I want you to count the cost of living a life like Jesus and and just take time to pray and say, Jesus, I'm willing to be uncomfortable and I'm willing for my life to make people who used to be comfortable around me that they might not understand me, they might become uncomfortable and I'm willing to pay that price so that your kingdom can advance through me and in my area. All right, those two things, go for it this week and we'll be back with another podcast um, episode next week. God bless. That's all we've got for this episode of the Dare to Multiply podcast. One thing that would really help both us and other new potential listeners is for you to rate this show and leave a comment in iTunes, on Spotify, YouTube, or wherever you tune in to listen. Also, make sure to link up with us at dmmsfrontiermissions.com slash blog on social media. And please just share, share, share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it. Until next time, remember, God's dreams for us are always bigger than we can imagine.